sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line where we put the fun and functional sports content. Hour number two with Dana and Kevin. You know, we were breaking down kind of our confidence in the quarterbacks, obviously the most important position in sports. We will continue throughout the week to give you everything you know for what they are building as like the super crazy wild wild card weekend where we will have six games and we'll start to get into them with the spreads and the totals and the injuries as well starting tomorrow. What I do want to do is turn our attention Kev to college football because we haven't talked about it much. You know, we weren't together last week. We had a lot of the big time bowl games. We had the semifinals as well. We've got the Heisman being doled out today. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. First, let's talk about um, the semifinals, which took place yeah. on New Year's Day. And kind of now we have these two teams standing there still at the championship. The first thing I want to get into is your fighting Irish, right? Who did cover the number, as I know. You make a point of the back door was, in fact, open. Trust me, I was watching for it. But Bama, I mean, they looked really good, Kev. They looked really, really good. They beat the Irish 31-14. I hate to sound disrespectful to you. I don't think it was that close. And, like, Devontae Smith, who we're going to talk about later on in the show, like, they have to know that he's kind of, like, going to be a huge part of the game plan. But, like, they hit him with a swing pass, and all of a sudden he jets down the sidelines untouched. They go over the top to him. You know he's going to get it, and he does it anyway. And then you got Harris back there, too. Three of the top five Heisman getter uh, voters are on that offense. We'll see which one wins. I do think it'll be a member of the Tide. But, like... They look pretty damn unstoppable, and your Irish couldn't do the trick, Kev, so talk about it. So I want to say from the Notre Dame side first, I actually thought it was a respectable performance because their offense clearly let them down. 14 points with half of that coming on a backdoor cover. Obviously, that is not great. With that being said, Alabama averages 49 points per game. Okay. 31 against two touchdowns less. Like that is significant. And Alabama like is just this unstoppable force. But Notre Dame covered that number. And I thought they were going to cover the number by scoring a bunch. Like they actually held them somewhat in check. But Notre Dame season is finished. It is what it is. I believe they show that they did belong in the top four. They covered. Covering is what is most important if you are backing your squad. But as far as Alabama goes, because they are more important because they are still alive. Yep. I will tell you, sometimes you know people say take the fan glasses off. This is an instance where I believe it was important to have them on. Alabama and that offense is unlike anything I can remember. They run the ball for two yards, and you feel like it is a massive accomplishment. An incomplete pass, and it is cause right. for champagne bottles. They are so unstoppable. I, I can't remember. Like, every time they throw the ball, you're like, this is, if not 15 yards, probably, it's probably a touchdown. You mentioned the Devonta Smith screen pass. Like, 
Dane, they just threw a swing pass and he was 12 <laughs> yards down the field. Like they were they were hopeless. Like he only caught the ball seven times. It felt like he had a million catches. So I just thought it was a performance from Bama to me where they were somewhat held in check, but it never felt in doubt. They probably could have put up more if it was required from them. And just the absolute right. fear that they put in you. It's as if Ray Allen and Steph Curry and Dirk Nowitzki and Larry Bird and Clay Thompson were all out there shooting threes. You're like, yeah, of course this is going to be. That's just what Alabama is right. every time they snap the football. Yeah, no, I hear you, and uh, I'm glad you have your fan glasses off for when I ask you this next question, right? You're talking about how Notre Dame, you know, were respectable. Uh, they showed they belonged, right? As we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, around the globe, thanks for getting up on the grid with us and getting the winning edge with Dane and Kevin here on the early line. What I want to ask you, and sure, they stuck within the number. Cool. Got mm -hmm. it. I kind of would have liked to have seen what that Oklahoma Sooners team would have done because Oklahoma was so hot, right? And Oklahoma then continued their great play against Florida, right? And they look like they might have belonged. And we were talking about them as one of the hottest teams in the country. They get through Florida, win the Cotton Bowl, right? Like, would you have liked to have seen what this late season version of Oklahoma would have done against the side? I think... Oklahoma Take Notre Dame completely against Bama. No, no, that's fine. I think Oklahoma against Bama would have been an interesting game. I will say this. I think that the performance against Florida is a bit overstated. They okay. were missing eight starters, their best offensive weapons, and Kyle Trask obviously was a mess in the game. And I will tell you this. I feel absolutely no sorrow for that team. Their loss, they're two of them, right, to Iowa State is what it is, and they got it back in the Big 12 title game. They lost as four touchdown favorites at home to a Kansas State team that went three and six in the nine other games they played. Oklahoma has nobody to blame but themselves for not having a chance to see if they could have done something better against the Crimson Tide. No, fair enough, and I guess nobody really cares, but we'll see. Who winds up in the final poll number three? Will it be Oklahoma? Will it be Texas A&M? Will it be another team that actually won a bowl game? Potentially, but again, the Oklahoma Sooners look good. We'll talk about Clemson and their loss. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge and fundamentally putting the fun in functional sports content with Dane and Kev. And listen, we looked at that one side, right, of the semifinal where Alabama rolled tied through the Irish and into the championship game. On the other side, yeah, that was an interesting game. That's where my money line parlay did not come through, Kev, because the Ohio State Buckeyes and Justin Fields beat the Clemson Tigers and Trevor Lawrence. 49-28. Fields looked amazing. And, like, you know, he may have been dealing with some internal injuries. Brother man couldn't even get on the exercise bike, but was good enough to keep throwing some dimes. 
Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I had the over in this game. Okay. One of my favorite games I've ever watched. One of my favorite <laughs> games I've ever watched. I mean, the thing was flying. What was so fascinating, though, is this Ohio State kept flying. I don't know where Clemson went. It got shut out in the second quarter. I mean, Clemson opened the scoring in this game, and then Ohio State had to punt. I mean, Clemson looked like they were going to do this all game long. Ohio State did it all game long. That was the difference in this matchup. I mean, six touchdowns for Justin Fields and six incompletions. The big thing for me from this game more than anything, and I, and I made sure, of course, to point this out, is a lot of people this year very proudly, BCS had it right. One and two are light years ahead of everybody else. A lot of people didn't think that Ohio State belonged in the top four, and understandably so. That's why we need Eight, because there's a real chance that the best team in the country very well could have been left out had some things played out differently on championship weekend. So for me, I look at this performance as another proof point that four is the absolute minimum and eight is the correct number. Fair enough. Um, let me ask you this: When you mention, because I, you know, you're right. Ohio State won, right? I, I personally, and you may not like this, I don't think it changes the fact. And we talked about this leading into the final standings, right? I don't think it changes the fact that Ohio State just didn't have to take on the risk that other schools yeah. had to take on in order to get there. It is not necessarily their fault, right? But we also don't know if they played a full big. 10 season if they would have ever gotten tripped up right and they would have been favored to never be tripped up but you know other schools mm -hmm. did along the way dan mullen would mention that to you right so but yes they did absolutely perform they absolutely kept on scoring and kept that's part of the reason why the total in the national championship game currently stands at 74 and a half kev are you leaning over I mean, of course. Yes. It's the same thing <laughs> as the SEC title game. I mean, there was 100 yeah. points scored in the SEC championship game. Listen, my only – like, I watched I watched both games every single play. And Bama just looks like they're going to score on every single play. So Ohio State's only option is to do the same thing. But the, to me, the avenue to losing that is that the drives take forever. Is that – but Alabama – Dane, the, the, again, the Bama numbers, I can speak fondly of this game because Notre Dame covered. Otherwise, I legitimately would have sure, never sure, sure. up. But the fact that they covered made this a tremendous game. <laughs> Alabama had 21 points. Their time of possession was like eight minutes. They, they don't try to go slow because every play, it's 10 yards a play at the minimum. So Ohio State can try and take a long time. But we saw against Clemson. The deep pass is a part of the success for this team, right? So, I, you want to play it under? Okay. I don't know. I don't know, but it's almost like, okay, so let me ask it to you this way. Like, yep. is this number going to move up throughout the week? You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. at 74 and a half now, right? When we are talking about this potentially on Friday. Oh, or by the way, Kev, let's make a date. Let's watch this game together, my friend. I think we might be able to do so. <laughs> what do you think the total is going to be when kickoff happens, Kev? Then when we're over here talking about it and we're like, oh, there's that first screen pass for 73 yards. You know, yeah. like, what are we talking about? Is this going to climb? 
Like if you if you want to bet the under, and I'm not saying I yeah. do, but if I wanted to, would hmm. I just wait hmm. a few days and get a couple more points? I mean, I would think so, right? Like games typically just over time, people keep clicking over, over, over. I mean, but the number is so high. You ask yourself, right. how high can it go? I know this, Jared, uh, Jared Smith, obviously the morning after on the, on the network, shout out. has been saying, what happens if Jalen Waddle returns to the game? Comes like, back. how does he goes? He keeps going. He goes. If Jalen Waddle plays, how does it not go over seventy four and a half? Who cares if Jalen Waddle plays? What about Alabama has suggested they need Jalen Waddle? It goes over with or without him. Nope. Like John Michi will just be open the same right. way. Like I don't care if Jalen Waddle plays, but if he does. Sure, it's only better. It only makes things more difficult for Ohio State. Like the number is seventy four and a half. It's an absolute bear. And the one thing, Dan, that I know that you always say, and I think it's a great saying when it comes to totals, you need you don't need just a smooth ride. You I, mean, need I know, right? A one hundred mile per hour you really smooth do. ride. You need to but like hop on the subway, is, right? And get the announcements being like, we're going express all the way to 14th Street. And yeah. you're like, yeah, cool. <laughs> right? That's what we need here, bro. Yeah. Because literally, if they just like in the first quarter are feeling each other out, you ain't gonna get there, man. You know what I mean? But, you but, need you, you need the super again, clean ride. Yeah, you're you're right. But the Bama's not here to feel anyone out. They know what it feels like, and it feels like it feels like seven nothing with thirteen twenty remaining in the first quarter. Bet your turn, Ohio State. What happens when in that first turn for Ohio State they try and test Sermon pounding the rock against that Alabama front and yeah, the clock but then keeps running? Sermon runs for eight and a half yards per carry, and three plays later, it's first and ten on the twenty-five. Like, I, listen, I hear you. I'm just. Here's 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 my thing. Would you take a first half under? Because what about the no. idea that this no. might no. like open no. up? No, no, that's it. So this is right. the thing. The Ohio State Clemson. I took the first half over and the yeah. whole game over, and the first half over hit on like the first play of the second quarter. It, like they will fly. Like again, I don't know if I'm absolutely going to be on the over. But it's uh -huh. the same thing as the SEC title game. It's way more fun to be on the over when they just keep going. So, look, we'll see. It's a monstrous total, but it's exciting. I love it. It is. I'm trying to find ways to skin the cat right here. And look, when Mac Jones' passing prop is 365 and a half, right? And you want to bet the over, right? And Fields yeah. is also, it's 290, but his is still very, very high. I think I have an answer for you, though, Kev, that you're going to love that's mm. going to come full circle. Here's a reason to take the under in this game. There are reports that Nick Saban is interested in Adam Gaze to come on to the staff as an offensive coordinator, as a quarterback coach. That could hamper the Alabama offense. <laughs> Odds it doesn't, <laughs> and he ends up coaching, I don't know, USC like two yeah. years later. Probably yeah. a million. I mean, Steve Skarskijian went to He's still living off that. Right? Yeah. Lane Kiffin is living off of it. He went to the Falcons, and they didn't – everything was worse, right? And then he goes to Bama, and they're the most unstoppable thing, and now he's going to fix Texas. Like, it's just – it's Nick. If Nick Saban called me, right, and the Falcons called me, and Saban's like, hey, quarterback coach job, and the Falcons are like, head coach, 
The money'd have to be real different for me to go to Atlanta. I hear you. We'll see what that Atlanta job ranks. Maybe we'll put Alabama OC in the rankings when we do them later on in the week. When we come back, I got to ask you, Kev, because, you know, this Alabama offense also will have three of the top five finishers of the Heisman Trophy, which will be given out today. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. And the fundamental question I have for you, Kev, is this. Like, we talk about the MVP, right, as a quarterback award. I was trying to talk about Derrick Henry. You wouldn't entertain it at all. Yet, when I look at the odds for this and I look at the favorite of this, it's not a quarterback. It's not a running back. It's a wide receiver, Kev. So we'll need to talk about how that's even feasible in this day and age when we got totals of 74. We'll do that when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. That's what we do if you want the winning edge. Get on the grid. And absolutely, we big shout-out to all of our affiliates. Thank you for getting on the grid bright and early with us, Dane and Kevin, here on the early line. Kevin, we were talking about kind of the, the tsunami that is the Roll Tide, Crimson Tide offense. And so I guess it makes sense that three of the top five Heisman uh, finishers are on that Alabama offense. They are giving out the award today it'll be a lot different remember usually they do it at the downtown athletic club usually they do it on a saturday night the same night i believe of army navy is when they usually do it kind of a couple of weeks ago but the scheduling has been moved everybody has now finished their campaigns you know we know already that harris finished fifth Right. And then we know there are four finalists. Really, though, there's Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, kind of uh, had his candidacy stunted, shall we say, by his covid designation and him missing a couple of games. And then we have the Alabama studs. Right. We've got Mac Jones. We've got Devontae Smith. But here's what I want to ask you, Kevin. I framed it before in the break. Well, before the break, like with the MVP award, right, in the in, in uh, the NFL, I mentioned Derrick Henry to you. Right. And you were like, nah, get this out of here. That's ridiculous. It's a quarterback award kind yeah. of thing. Like, it, it, you know, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? As as the NFL MVP, Devontae Adams is his record breaking wide receiver. He's not sniffing the MVP conversation. So why is it that we all think Devontae Smith is the is the chosen one in that offense? Like the one who deserves the award, the engine that makes it all go. Why in this case do we look at the wide receiver? We're pretty much in every other case when it's award season, we look at the quarterback. I think it's because Mac Jones doesn't profile as a clear-cut, obvious first-round draft pick. I mean, that mm. like if if Devonta Smith was seventy-seven percent completion percentage, thirty-six touchdowns, and four picks in like eleven games. I mean, that's. I mean, it's gone. I mean, he's shattering records. Yeah, I mean, his passer yeah. rating is two hundred and three. That's ridiculous. Two hundred and three. Okay, I mean, his completion percentage is seventy-seven percent. He's only mm. like like this is ridiculous. The numbers that Mac Jones has, but Dane, so is Devonta Smith. I mean, if you look at and this, these numbers include the bowl game against or okay. the semifinal against Notre Dame, sure. but he has sixteen hundred receiving yards, 
Nobody had 1,200. There's 105 yeah. catches. Nobody got to 90. He's got 20 touchdowns. He's the only dude in the country. But then guess what? Najee Harris has yeah. 27 total touchdowns, the most in guess- the country. Like, he was third in rushing yards. Like, so... Honestly, you would typically think that they would all kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. Fields didn't play anywhere near enough. Trevor's numbers aren't gaudy enough, and he missed games. And Trask ended up losing four games. That's true. Like, it's kind of just going to have to go to one of these Bama guys. And Devonta Smith profiles as the highest draft choice. And listen, his production is incredible. And people are going to give him the lion's share over Mac Jones because at the end of the day, Rodgers and what he's done over the test of time, if you had to say, would you rather have Rodgers or Devontae, nobody blinks. Right. But when it comes to draft night, if you ask people, would they rather have Devonta Smith or Mac Jones? Yeah. I, you know, with Devonta Smith, and I guess he's just the sexier name. I hear that, but, you know, fundamentally, I don't think that should be part of the equation, right? Like how they profile at the next level or on draft. And that's interesting to me. You know how you use the term fantasy herd, right? And even elite fantasy herd. Well, the Alabama offense is an elite fantasy herd, right? So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And I honestly don't know the answer. I don't know what you would think. If it was Devontae Smith that went down instead of Waddle, Correct. Would Waddle be a finalist yes. for the Heisman Trophy? Jalen Waddle completely outplayed Devonta Smith when they were both. But doesn't that mean, Jaylen, isn't that then yes. evidence that it shouldn't be the wide receiver, that it is maybe so, scheme, that it is heard? Because, like, and then don't you take Mac Jones, ways. the quarterback, the most important position? If you really it, think Waddle would be interchangeable for the Heisman Trophy winner, that speaks to the but, system. But this, but it go it goes two ways, right? First of all, Mac Jones was throwing to Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith. Cheat code unfair. I basically like like that's a part of it. Secondly, you removed Jalen Waddle. Now all eyes are on you, and it and doesn't still. matter. It yeah. does like it doesn't like you said it, Dane. It's not like Notre Dame didn't know. Right. It's not like they didn't know. They were hopeless against Devonta Smith. Dane, hopeless. He dropped the ball. I almost passed out. I couldn't believe I, yeah. my eyes. Like, and that's almost why I feel like I'm I'm surprised that Najee isn't getting a bigger More push love. on this whole thing, right? Because you feel like Mac and Devontae would eat into one another more. The Jalen Waddle thing throws everything in, you know, kind of a circle. Right. And I've got the total touchdown leader who I mean, finishes games, open games, and just does it for a full 60. Like, it's a, it's one of the weirdest Heismans I've ever seen. Of course. For yeah, me, yeah. and this is, like, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, like, I'm not all, like, I don't have a position in the futures market on it, and I'm not attached to any of these players, so I'm not all too bothered by it. I'm, I'm pleased to see a wide receiver get it because it's, such a quarterback award, and when it's not right. a quarterback, it goes to a running back. And I right. think it's just cool to see it go somewhere else. And I guess I mean, this is the other, and and it is a narrative based award as as most awards are. But if I had to ask you whose you know single season performance do you think of this college football season you'll remember most, I think Devonta Smith would be the answer over Mac Jones. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to disparage what Devontae Smith has done. I just think fundamentally, yeah. if you answer the question that Waddle would also be in this position, right, then yes. I wonder how much of it is truly the otherworldly skill set of that human being and how much of, it, how is much of it is Mac? the overall offense. I then, then maybe Mac should get the award. If so, it is a fantasy herd, right, then you but, take the so shepherd. I, I, it's, that's it's, it's why... I'm surprised that Trevor Lawrence isn't getting way more pub, especially considering that I was basically told Notre Dame beating them without him didn't count. I I feel like every person that thinks that Notre Dame didn't belong in the top four should be voting Trevor Lawrence to win that award, even though I think that it's Because his absence was clearly then the reason that that lowly Notre Dame team would be able to beat Clemson. But But that's that's not the—I hear you. Like, and but that would thing, be like we giving Dak Prescott the MVP award in the NFL this year, or Big Ben the MVP award last year. Like the thing, the thing with Trevor, right? Is and again, I like these things. It includes the college football play, but he's he's eighth in yards, right? I mean, in touchdowns, Trevor Lawrence threw twenty four, Mac Jones threw thirty six. Like that's almost the problem for Trevor Lawrence is you are undeniably giving the award to someone who had another person at the same position unquestionably outplay them statistically. Right. And, but, but like, does anybody here think that if I put Trevor Lawrence at Alabama, this thing would look any, like, what are you, right. like, what are you talking about here? Like nobody think Mac Jones, like Zach Wilson is yeah. your Joe Burrow, not right. Mac Jones. Right. Like that's, and I think, I do think that's part of the narrative is hmm. nobody thinks this is Mac Jones's doing. Right. And that's kind of the interchangeability of it. That's why I yeah. talk about Devontae Smith. Like if Waddle would be in the same kind of position, right? No, I hear you. My boy out of North Dakota State, if Trey Lance was on that team, I wonder where he would get drafted after a season like that with Alabama. But you talk about the value, you talk about the Heisman, you talk about these guys that have that value. As we move over to the NBA, Kev, one guy that we know is at that level, at the MVP level, uh, got some uh, got some distressing news yesterday. Uh, it broke kind of yesterday afternoon. Kevin Durant, Kev, um, is going to quarantine, right? He is um, he is facing now, as they say here from Woj, a seven-day quarantine because of exposure to a positive COVID case. Remember, he had COVID back in May and now is a close contact. And I think this is interesting, Kev. We've talked about this all the time, right? The policies and how the NBA will adjudicate them as opposed to, say, Major League Baseball or the NFL or whatever. And one of the things I always said, this is going to be interesting because if a player, in this case, misses seven days, right? Check out the next schedule. Today against the Utah Jazz. On the 7th against the 76ers in a big matchup I know you were excited to see. On the 8th against the Memphis Grizzlies. And then on the 10th against one of his former teams, the Oklahoma City Thunder. If he misses seven days, Kev. And then, you know, the game against the Nuggets is on the 12th, seven days from today. So who knows if he'd be up for that one. And just like a week quarantine. That lops off four or five games of the schedule, and that's different than college football or the NFL when there's only a game a week. So so there, there's a couple of things here with this situation, right? Kevin Durant being the player is so interesting because we know he had COVID, 
to where, and again, I know this is kind of still debatable about whether you can or can't get it a second time, but they said he's been testing negative consistently. So maybe there's this idea that his absence is entirely through contract tracing and not actually having the disease, which if it can make this feel better, then that would make you feel better about the situation. There's, uh, there's the very obvious, oh my gosh, we just lost our best player for four games, which is not an at least significant piece of this season. Right. We're at least four games. Right. And, and again, that's not insignificant. And then that now that's everybody else in the NBA is like, that could be us. That could be us. Everybody has to tighten up. But as it pertains specifically to Brooklyn, they've lost four of their last five games. Like they won their first two games by 26 and then 28. They were the best team in the East. They were maybe the best team in the league for their last five. And now for the next four, they don't have the fifth leading scorer in the NBA. And for most, the second best player in the world. Not ideal. All right, so we'll see. We'll see how that breaks out. They've got a date against the Utah Jazz. We'll break down that and the slate. We'll come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge. Dane and Kevin, bright and early in the morning, fundamentally putting the fun and functional sports content. Kev, Kevin Durant's not going to be having any fun in quarantine for at least the next seven days. Uh, we know he's going to miss at least the next four games for the Brooklyn Nets. That would put us, though, you know, right after that, you know, a week from today on the 12th, uh, the Nets have the Denver Nuggets, which would be a fifth game. So unless it's, like, perfect on the time frame, it is only four. We will continue to monitor that. The first game, though, that will be Sons KD for the Brooklyn Nets will be tonight, where the Brooklyn Nets are home at the Barclays Center to take on the Utah Jazz. They are getting four points. They're home dogs tonight. I'm not sure if it's because of KD's absence, the way they've been playing recently, or if the Utah Jazz have something to do with it. The point spread is four. 228.5 is the last total I saw. Talk to me about this one. How do you feel the Nets? do without KD. Remember also, Dinwiddie is down now uh, from an injury that we've seen over uh, since we last spoke as well. So the Nets are a little bit compromised. Yeah, that was the one thing I wanted to bring up is, you know, this isn't just KD, right? But the roster that started 2-0 in scorched earth is is now without two of the five starters going into this matchup against the Utah Jazz. A Jazz team that's now won two in a row, one against the Clippers, Take that as an as a positive result and a pretty comfortable win in San Antonio against the Spurs. The Jazz are oddly three and zero on the road this year. If that matters, I mean it's not. It can only be a positive sign. And they march into Brooklyn now against a team that is reeling, that has lost four of five games, holding a two and three home record. I mean it's just it's not good for Brooklyn right now. Can they get right here in this spot? The one thing, Dane, that I have seen play out in the NBA, you know, last year I saw it all the time. It's happened already a couple of times this year. A player is absent. The spread adjusts to it. It is a one-game overreaction. Mm. Everybody steps up that first go-around in that player's absence. And then 
it starts to loom large yeah. because you can only replace talent, especially like Kevin Durant, for so long. So if I needed to play this game, I would lean towards the Brooklyn Nets getting four points in their own building, and I would certainly then need to be looking at a Kyrie Irving prop. I hmm. think that Kyrie is going to have to be willing to shoulder a big-time load here. I think that he will be willing to. Obviously, we're going to have to get a sense of what that number is and what we feel like fair value on that number is. Currently, there isn't one available on the FanDuel Sportsbook. But if that thing is below 30 or even at 30, Dane, the attempts probably justify a play to the over. So let me ask you this, because I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, right? No KD. I always feel like doing it to Kyrie is almost like the fool's errand or like the trap. What about doing it with like Levert? What about doing it with Joe Harris made threes instead of like the obvious pivot? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I wonder if sometimes they bake it in with Kyrie where it could be something else. Like I mentioned, a Levert, a Harris, you know, somewhere else that kind of picks up the slack in a, a way that helps you more for the prop bet. You're 100% right. So we actually did this with a Nets game already this year when they played Memphis, but Katie and Kyrie were sitting out because it was a back, -back right? and everybody was running to a Karis Levert's points prop. It ultimately got there because it went on overtime, but the value was on the assist prop because really what's happening, Dane, is an increase in usage, but everybody's mind goes to points, and then the assists yep. are left a little light. So I think you're absolutely right. So going to... Your Leverts, your Joe Harris. Joe or Harris even, made threes, baby. Joe yeah, Harris made more threes on tonight. The depth chart, though, right? Like, you could take a look at, at TLC's points prop there. I mean, others are going to have okay. to be involved. The reason I mentioned Kyrie's points is because Kyrie is a scorer, and Kyrie has been sure. looking to still get his even when Durant is out there. And I just wonder there is only so much that they can adjust that number. But also looking at points plus assists. For Kyrie, something we used to do with LeBron a lot during the yeah. postseason, maybe is the safest way to play it because that's then that right there, points plus assists, is a play on a usage uptick. And that's really right. what we're talking about. No, I like that a little bit better. And I know you got your props locked down in the association, Kev. You mentioned LeBron. His Lakers are 5-2 and two so far on the young season. They go to Memphis to take on the Grizz, who are, you know, not 5-2. and two. They are under 500. That's why they're getting nine points at home in the grindhouse. 218 is the total in this one. Talk to me. Uh, you think the Lakers just go in there, have the flip, the, the switch flipped, and roll? So I think the Lakers, they to me, they seem like they might be ready to go on a little bit of a run here. I was looking through it last year. I was talking about the Bucks the other night on In Game Live. Milwaukee started the year. Uh, they had their third loss, I believe, in their ninth game. And then they were 24-3. and I'm not telling you that the Lakers are going to be 24-3, and but they just look like they're going to be putting up result after result and, and see if in – a start to a year, Dane, where some things are here, some things are there. Can they just lock themselves in, right? I wonder if people around the league look at the Durant situation and say, you know what, let's not take the games where we are all available for granted because we don't know hmm. what could come, and they push the pedal to the metal. Now, 
Nine is a big number. This is, and again, it's a part of the new NBA schedule. The second time in three days, the Lakers right, the are going building. to be playing the Grizzlies in Memphis, which right. it is hard to go out there and beat a team in their building twice in such yeah. a short span, much less cover a near double-digit point spread in that span. So I would be very cautious with that, though I'm not sure I would want to get in front of this Lakers team. The total checks in at 218. Kind of a zig then zag last go around. This number went to the under. Maybe we play it to the over. I do want to bring something up to kind of put it on your plate, though, because, you know, yesterday we were talking a little bit about kind of the NBA catch up, right? That we were doing together. And. I offered the MVP award this year is going to be a mess. I think that is abundantly clear. The one thing I offered about LeBron is I believe this is his last chance to win the award. And many people believed, and I understood why, that he wasn't going to play enough. Seven Laker games, seven LeBron games. And he played on their back-to-back. Durant didn't. Kawhi's not gonna. Like... We know that these other guys are going to be taking their time off. It's understandable. Luke has already missed time because of injury. That dude does not look healthy pretty much any time he comes down after a layup. Just the fact that LeBron has already played Dane 7-for-7 and a back-to-back, is that enough to justify LeBron in the MVP market? Because maybe he will meet the requirement on games? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible, right? I, I, seven for seven is nice, but if I'm going to think about it, uh, I'm sure there will still be some load management in LeBron's future. It just hasn't happened yet. You know what I mean? So, like, I, so sure, right? But ask me again, after 72 games have been played, if that rate of participation is still there, then I would have absolutely no problem whatsoever, right, with him contending in the same way other people are. And you're right, he hasn't taken that rest just yet. And that is even after the crazy schedule he was going through in the bubble. You talk about Luca. you talk about these other guys who are resting or who've gotten dinged up. And there's been a thought out there that some of the teams that were playing in the bubble, especially for a long time and made it to the kind of final rounds of the playoffs may come out a little flat this year because of the short turnaround. So I asked you, Kev, about the two and four Denver Nuggets, right, who I know Jokic is doing his thing, but listen, Denver played in that bubble more than every team except the teams in the NBA Finals. And here now, when everyone thought, including me, you know I'm back in them, I know you, like, uh, what's the word? I know you respect them at least, right? You know, yeah. with Murray and Jokic and maybe Porter taking a step and all that. They're two and four, Kev. They're two and four. And they welcome yeah. in the Minnesota Timberwolves, the number one pick, the moderately sized three, as we have referenced. And they're 11 and a half point favorites. 227 is the total. Uh, what's, what's, what's up with Denver, bro? So the Denver thing was interesting, and we talked a little bit about this preseason. They're offseason underwhelmed. Gosh, they have to hate Jeremiah Grant in Denver. So, Dane, the first game of Jeremiah Grant's season, ironically enough, was against the Minnesota Timberwolves. He scored nine points in that game. Six games since then for Jeremiah Grant. How many times do you think he's gone over 20 points scored in those six games? One. All of them. Jeremiah Uh Grant has scored 22 (laughs) or more in now six straight games. You think Denver misses that guy? They offered him the same contract right. as Detroit, but he just wanted an uptick in usage. He I mean, he's getting more, it, yeah. but like 
Gosh, that's got to be killing the Denver Nuggets team that sits here. So where's Barton and Harris and stuff and all that stuff? Right. I mean, it's guys. just like, yeah, and there's, there's other guys not answering the bell. And, and Jamal Murray is not carrying over what he was doing in the bubble, which was always going to be difficult. But it, of course, is upsetting for Denver Nugget fans. Luckily for them, it is only they're six playing games. a minute. Yes. And luckily for them, they're playing Minnesota. Now, Minnesota has to be crushed. They were 2-0 and with Carl Anthony Towns. And then... Carl Anthony Towns got hurt. They've now lost all four games without Carl Anthony Towns. And we don't know when he's coming back. The wrist injury there. It's just the fact that this happened so early into the season. But 11 and a half points is a ton. I mean, it really is. It like have the now the Denver Nuggets would have covered this number the last go round, you know, right. winning that game by 15. But one thing that I feel like we have seen from Minnesota is an ability to, to hang around a little mm. bit. They did so it a big number? for almost a first quarter against the Clippers. Uh, you know, Washington, they were there, and then they weren't, and they did it against Denver. But they can be pulled away from because they're just they're, they're missing their best player. So maybe Denver or you know Minnesota plus the points in the first half isn't mm. a bad angle. But Minnesota is just a complete shell of themselves without their best player, like most teams would be. Yeah, absolutely. I do mention Nikolai Jokic, though. He's been doing his thing, moving up in the MVP odds. And also, you talk about points plus rebounds plus assists. Maybe that's a prop to start looking at with Nikolai Jokic down the road. One of the teams that I know you are always happy to throw shade to is off to a decent start. The Clippers are 5-2, and two, right? Even though people are always taking their shots at Paul George. Um, but the Clippers are continuing to kind of chug right along. They are 5-2. and two. They are at home. And they are big favorites tonight. Eight and a half is the spread against the Spurs who come into town. Yeah, I don't think you and I had the pleasure of breaking down them getting cracked by 50 in home, uh, in their home building, which was incredible. Like, they're five and two, and their point differential is like plus one. It's hilarious. It's just like they got cracked by 50 at home. Like, what an absolute treat. But they've been playing good ball since. They've won three of their last four, and Paul George just been better than Kawhi to start the season. And if you're the Clippers, you'll take that because you trust Kawhi to figure it out. Paul George is the one you got to worry about, right? I will say this, and this is not an anti-Clippers thing, but the Spurs now reeling. They've lost four in a row. But they are the type of team I feel like that will always kind of get up for a matchup against Kawhi. And eight and a half points maybe just a little too much here the spurs plus the points i'm not mad at that play all right fair enough we also have the bulls and the trailblazers tonight to finish off the slate although that game has been taken off the board right now there is uh, no point spread there is no total so we may have to investigate that we tie a nice neat little bow on this episode of the early line when we come back SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh wrapping up this episode of the early line. And, Kev, I've got good news for you. The Bulls and Blazers game has been reposted. It's a nine-and-a-half point Run. spread. 234 is the total. So we'll keep our eye out on that. Keep it locked to Sports Grid all day long. Jared and Ariella hook you up on the morning after if there are some reasons why these lines will move or totals or if anything needs to be taken off the board. But I do got to ask you real quick. You know, you've mentioned this unique feature that we're starting to see of the NBA season, back-to-backs in the same building, right? And, and for example, we saw Steph Curry, you know, be very different in both games of the back-to-back over the weekend, right? Do you then start to think about, like, the zigzag theory that we talk about in the playoffs for these seconds in the back-to-backs? Do you start to think, like, oh, I know that happened in game one, but maybe I will look to the under, or maybe I will, you know, steam the team that lost that first game? This is a different element of the season and as we start to get those proof points is that a trend you may look into i think it's really important to follow but we're so young into the year i don't think we have anything too substantial to sink our teeth into i'll just the example for me is the sixers and maybe it's just because the Sixers truly not Steph Curry dropping 62 after everyone thinks he's a foregone conclusion and role player yeah, listen, <laughs> I was told that man didn't have help. I watched their bench score 37 in the fourth quarter to ruin a Zigzag theory, baby, Kev. Zigzag it theory, unfortunate. baby. I, I just, like the Sixers playing Charlotte, you know, two and three in Philly, and covering those numbers both times, they never did that last year. But maybe that just means the Sixers are different this go around. And I did, but that that first matchup, there was almost 240 points. They didn't get to 220 in yesterday's outing. So the zigzag can work, but you know, also both Lakers Spur games went under the number. Lakers Memphis went under the first go round. Maybe this one pops off. Yeah. I think it's just going to be tough to read too much into it, but it's definitely noteworthy, and we need to be paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. It is a limited sample size so far, right? But maybe fading the outcome of the first one is something to keep an eye on. That's what we do on the grid. That's what we'll do as we keep it going with Jared and Ariel. The morning app is up next. Have a great day, everyone. Relax. You don't have to actually play these sports. Just know.